Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated economist here. So let's talk a little bit about lumber. We see the lumber future prices rising at 750 per thousand, I believe, or so on this January contract. A lot of people are asking me what's going on here. How come we have this lumber contract up at seven hundred and fifty per thousand when just a few days ago they were trading at five hundred per thousand? That was the November contract. It closed on the fifteenth. That was at around five thirty five per thousand. The January contract is up around seven hundred and fifty per thousand. But still, this is pretty interesting to think about because January is typically a slowdown in the lumber sales. I mean it's the middle of winter, there's less framing and building taking place, usually you have less sales of lumber. But yet we're seeing the prices rise and rise quite dramatically during this time. Now, there's a lot to think about here because it's not just like the inflation from the destruction of the dollar that everybody is talking about and wants to point at every single price rise to be the the case. If you go and look at the description that I have on this video, in there there's a couple of links for you. One of them is talking about the deferrals that are taking place up in the British Columbia area. Now, I'm still trying to wrap my head about about what these deferrals are and how they will have a cause and effect impact on the lumber industry. I just know that the British Columbia area pumps out a lot of lumber. Now, for those of you who don't know, I work at a lumber yard. I see this lumber come through my yard every single day, and there is a lot of it that comes out of this particular region. So if there is an issue that takes place up in the British Columbia area, then it's probably going to have an impact on the rest of the lumber industry. And so this is something that you definitely have to take a look at, and it's something that is kicking in right now. Again, I'm not exactly sure on how impactful this deferral is going to be on the rest of the lumber industry. I just know, according to this article, that they're talking about up to 18,000 people being laid off, and that, to me, is a significant number. Now, again, we have to see where this actually comes into play and how much of an impact it really has, but it is something to keep an eye on. The other thing is, is that there's also tariffs that are going to be kicking in towards the end of the year, the same time or right around the same time these contracts are going to be closing, these January contracts. Now, these tariffs on the Canadian government, they're basically... The United States is basically saying that we need to have a fair playing field and that the Canadian government is unfairly subsidizing this lumber and making it cheap for to to get into the United States and putting unfair competition on the domestic lumber mills. Now, this is the, the argument that the United States is giving on why they're going to inflict these tariffs on this on this Canadian softwood. Now, something I have to think about is, is that this is the same thing that Trump did, right? This is no different from what from what Donald Trump had done. I think it was in 2017, 18. Anyway, we were doing videos back then too about this. And this is something that I really, I have a feeling is not what they say it is. Because think about this for just a second. Just a few years ago, there was a huge bug infestation, wildfires, some serious issues happening up in the British Columbia area. And a lot of these mills, these Canadian mills, they moved down to the United States. 
See, down in the southern part of the United States, there's a glut of trees right now. See, a few years ago, there was a lot of landowners who saw this projection of demand for lumber coming into the future, and they all planted at the same time. Well, now these trees are ready for harvest, and there's a glut of them. And these Canadian mills who are having issues up in, up in Canada with wildfires, bug infestations, and tariffs have now set up shop down there where those glutted trees are at. Tell me, if these tariffs kick in causing the lumber prices to go up, who is that really benefiting? All right? I mean, that's something to think about. Now, one of the other things I want to leave down in the uh, description for you guys is a link to an article talking about housing starts, uh, permit issuance, and completions. And something that I noticed when I was reading this article and I looked up at the chart was that the permit issuance and completions and starts all ran pretty consistently together on this chart until the pandemic. And then there was a huge dis you know, discrepancy between the, between the moves on them. And what I've noticed is, what I am noticing is, is that the completions are really dropping off faster than the starts and the permit issuance are. So this is something I have to think about. It's like, what's going on here? There is less houses being completed, meaning there is a backlog of incompleted homes. If you think about it, the starts are up, the issuance are fairly up in comparison to the, to the completions, and the completions are down comparatively. Which leads me to believe they're just having difficulties completing these homes. And now I know this firsthand because I hear it every day. We're having difficulties completing these homes. Having difficulties getting short, you know, shortages on everything that is available out there as far as you know, getting these homes completed. I mean, think about it like this. I used to order windows, a vinyl window, and have them in 10 days. Now it takes 8 weeks. What if you screwed that up and messed up the order? And it's not the right windows. Now it takes another eight weeks to get those windows in. If something like that was to take place, it's a logistical nightmare. If the trim package doesn't come in on time, like you have an interior trim package, you got the finished carpenters there ready to, you know, bust this thing out. And you're like, oh man, we don't get the trim package for another four days. Those carpenters are going to be like, in four days, we're on another job. I'm sorry, you're going to have to find somebody else. That's how this goes down. And now trying to find somebody else to, you know, come in and trim out your house is going to be very difficult. So this is the logistical nightmare that has taken place right now. And I can only assume that that is probably going to continue going into the future. But not forever. At some point, that's going to change. And I can already see, like, some parts of the industry are starting to free up. Like, a lot of people are saying, man, I can't believe how long I had to wait for a front door. Well, if you're ordering a fancy front door, maybe, but if you're just ordering a regular old six panel fiberglass door or maybe even one with a, you know, a window in it, that's not too outrageous as far as what the glass is going to be. Most of those things are pretty readily available. Like you can get that stuff right now, but ordering like windows, that takes a long time. Ordering trim packages sometimes can not be as easy as people think it is. Like, you know, you could go down to the lumber yard and just say, hey, man, I need a whole bunch of one by four finger jointed primed interior stuff. And it would just, you know, you can get as much as you want. It was not even a concern or an issue. Now it's just like, I'm sorry, we can't get it. And we're not sure when we're going to get it. You know, we may get it in three days. We may get it in two weeks. Who knows? Trying to set things up to complete a home with that is like almost impossible. So this is where I see the backlog you know, existing, but at some point being freed up. 
And if it gets freed up at the same time that you have this flood of homes and the backlog trying to be completed at the same time that you have a faster completion of homes, then you're going to start seeing more homes on the market. At the same time, we're starting to see the tapering of the Federal Reserve, which is going to start causing the interest rates to rise, especially on mortgages. We're already starting to see this take place. If it becomes more burdensome to pay the monthly payments on an expensive home, the expensive homes have to come down. If they start coming down, people are going to start panicking and want to get out of their homes before they drop even more. It'll be just like any other investment. If you have this investment that's worth 500000 and all of a sudden it's worth four seventy and then four fifty, most people will be like, well, I don't want to lose any more money. Get out when you can. And they start putting their houses onto the market. And then you have you know, a, bunch of, a bunch of selling taking place. So something like that could could very well take place where you have this completion of backlogged homes being met with easier completed homes being met with you know higher interest rates which is causing people to want to sell their homes anyway could happen i'm just saying <laughs> anyhow uh uneducated economists you guys let me know what else did i want oh um i want to give a shout out to um to another youtuber out there and i tell you when i first started this channel it was the encouragement that I that I got from the early viewers, the ones who were really dedicated to this channel. And um, I tell you, without that encouragement, I may not have, you know, continued. It was, I mean, I was putting out videos that would get five views, six views, one comment, a like. And I did that for a long time. And I got, you know, a few more viewers and a few more viewers. And then one day it took off. And all of a sudden I had a lot more more viewers. And, like, this community started to grow. And I listened to you guys. And I tried to do the things that, you know, you guys said to do. And pretty much it was don't change anything. Keep doing what you're doing. And be consistent. And so I just did that. That's all I did. And man, I can tell you, you really did something for me with this, with this YouTube channel. Um, I can't thank you enough. But I want to give a shout out to this other YouTuber. And I'm just going to leave a link down in the description for you guys so you can go follow it. And I tell you, when I, uh, when I watch these videos from this other YouTuber, you can see the heart that goes into it. And I can tell you that it's honest and it's real and you can feel it in, in every video. And I appreciate that. You know, there's so much fakery out there. There is so much inconsistency out there. There is so much like commercial and trying to sell. It, it's just unreal. And it's very refreshing to find somebody out there who is just trying to release. You know, that was that was the reason why I started this channel. It's because I needed a place. I needed an outlet. And YouTube was my outlet. And I'm amazed by what it's brought. Brought to my family and, and to everything. Um, anyway, I'm not sure what else I can say about that. But I would appreciate it if you guys go and take a look at that YouTuber. Um, subscribe to the channel. Show them some love. Show them some appreciation. 
and um, let's see if we can uh, change their life. Okay? I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uneducated Economist, you guys let me know.